Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 135 of the Sophie Art Podcast, which is a little podcast that I do about the art and things. And this one is going to be a scary one. We're going to talk about lots of little scary things. <laughs> little Dennis, the co-host, is with us. And I think we're going to have fun on this one. It's going to be something a little bit different, I think. So, boing! Let's get straight into it. Little Dennis and Kitty do their little kisses, which means it's time to get into it. And this is sort of a Halloween-y type themed one. So I'm going to actually release it a day earlier on Saturday, which should be Halloween day. So if you're watching on YouTube at youtube.com slash Sophie Lawson, you can see little pumpkin. Got a little pumpkin, but he's got no head. He's got no hat. Because if he has his if he has his hat on, the candles go out for some reason. Also, it, you can still enter the little competition to win the book, How to Keep a Sketch Journal. All you got to do is name the little mole. And we've had some people have well we've had some entries already, some really cool ones as well. So I, I forgot to say on the last episode. Really, it'd be nice if the little molly has a name beginning with M because I, I think it'd be quite cool so if you've got a little little name for the mole put that on in the comments or something but let's get into this one so what I've done is I've made some little notes again like what I did last week because I thought that worked quite well with a little spider-man that was me I loved that episode, that podcast I loved doing that one a little spider-man but this one is episode 135 and it's called Scary Stuff. And I'm also dressed up as a little cat. <laughs> which is quite funny. I love dressing up as things. I think it's fun dressing up as things. Because you sort of become a different a different character or something. A creature. So this one we're going to be talking about scary books. Scary films. Scary video games. Scary experiences. Scary art. And I'm going to make a little scary story at the end. I'm going to just make it up. So if we start with the scary books, I've only got one little book. And the book I've got is a book called Tokyo by Mo Hader. I'll put a link. I'll try to get links and everything and put them in the show notes in the description. But this book was amazing. It's not really a. It's, it wasn't really a, very, a super scary book. It wasn't like a scary book, but it was very scary in how it was very atmospheric. And the thing was, it really, it had a very, the way Mo Hader writes, it's, as you're reading it, you're really seeing it in your head. And there was a few scenes which were very scary to me. And one of them involved a little, well, like a baby, basically. It was like a... A baby that had, that wasn't quite born, one of those things. But yeah, so I wanted to mention that that book because it it was it's the most visual book I've ever read. I think very amazing. I really like that. But I haven't I haven't really read any scary books, which I, I thought about that when putting this podcast together. Scary films though, so I've got three films that stick out at me. The first one is Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy Krueger. Then you've got The Ring 
which is a Japanese film. And also I've put Terror Hawks because of Zelda. <laughs> There's a thing called Zelda. But, well, I've actually got A Nightmare on Elm Street on DVD. And the thing is, when I was a child, that that film scared me so much. I was terrified of Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I was. And, well, it goes into... Later on, I'm going to talk about some experiences. But what happened was... My my cousin, who actually watches these these podcasts, my cousin had a Freddy Krueger mask. And at the time, I would have been probably about, well, somewhere between 8 and 13. Probably about 8 or 9, maybe. But he had this Freddy Krueger mask, and it, it scared me so much. It scared me so much that until this very day, I've been terrified of Freddy Krueger. But what I thought was... And this goes into lucid dreaming and stuff. I thought the best way to overcome these fears is to face them. And I thought what I'll do is if I watch A Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe I'll have a dream of Freddy Krueger and I'm, I might be able to make it into a lucid dream. And what I think is amazing is A Nightmare on Elm Street is actually all about lucid dreaming. Because what happens is the people wake up in their dreams, but they're sort of trapped in their dreams. And it goes into one of my experiences later. So Freddy Krueger is kind of like a, a lucid dream. A creature in a lucid dream or something. But I've put The Ring, which is a Japanese film. Japanese, to me, Japanese do the, the scariest of scary. I feel like it's the same with video games as well. The Japanese horror is... There's something about it that is just way more scary there's something about it and it's because they normally have ghosts and spirits and stuff but because Japanese has got a very crazy sense of humour and stuff yeah they think outside the box and I think that's what happens with these horror films they really know how to make scary if you ask me and then the other thing is terror hawks so again as a child there was this there was a character on Terror Hawks, which is like a, they're puppets, a bit like that thing. What was it called? What was that thing? The other one. There was another one with these puppets, but there's a there's a character on there called Zelda. She looks like a witch, and the thing is, some of my dreams, I have a creature in there, looks just like that. I'll talk about it later as well. So that's some of the scariest films and stuff. Again, I. I tend not to watch too many scary films. One scary film I love is called Cabin in the Woods. That's one of my all-time favourite films, actually. I love that film, and it's sort of scary, but, again, scary films like that, which are Western scary, they don't scare me that much, because they're more jump scares and stuff like that. But, like I said, Japanese, they have a way of doing scary. It's, It's very scary. The next thing is scary video games. So I've put here Resident Evil 1 on the PS1, Until Dawn on the PS4, and Eternal Darkness on the GameCube. (laughs) The GameCube. The GameCube. (laughs) Those are the three scary films that popped into my head. So the first one, Resident Evil, if you went back and played it now, I don't think that game would scare you. If you played the original PS1 game, because the graphics are so not very good now. I don't I think 
I think it would take you out of being scared. But back in 19, it would have been about 1997, I think. These vis these graphics were amazing. It was it was like real life for that for that time period. And the thing was, again, that they had this way of doing scary that was really amazing because they had large periods. What what happened in that game was you were in you were exploring this mansion. There was about four or five of you. <laughs> Barry, Jill, who is the other one? Wesker, I think he was called. There was another one as well. But you were exploring this mansion, and there was it was filled with zombies. But what happened was there was you went large periods of nothing happening, and it just built the tension. But the, there's two little bits that really got me. So the first one is the dogs. What happens is you're walking down this corridor, minding your own business. Suddenly, these dogs jump through the window as you're walking down, and it, it that was it was so scary. What actually happened was, and this is right near the beginning as well. What happened was after that, I started having nightmares, so I ended up having to sell the game. Taking, I took the game back. I couldn't handle the scary. And but the other thing that they did was, which was amazing, is you would walk down a corridor, nothing would happen. So next time you walk down that corridor, you had this full sense of security, because you thought nothing would happen, and that they they would then mix it up. So then would they would put a zombie or something. So it was again, it was this thing where you were always on edge. You was always on edge because you didn't know what was going to happen. I loved that. The other one is I put Until Dawn on the PS4. Now I, I didn't find this one scary. I found it amazing. It's one of it's one of my favourite PS4 games. That I've I actually completed that one. There's one moment. It might be considered a spoiler. So if you don't want to be spoiled on Until Dawn, don't listen for the next little 30, 30 seconds. What they did was this is brilliant. It's one of the one of my favourite moments. That you're looking through this like telescope thing, and what it is, this game is there's a group of you, in again in like a house in the middle of the woods. Just a group of you, basically that video game is like playing a sort of a horror film. It's like you're inside a horror film, playing it. But what happened was you're looking through this like telescope thing, and they're saying, "Oh, look over there." So you're looking through this thing and you're controlling the telescope. Like looking around, and then what happens is one of the other characters sticks his sticks his head right in front of the thing. So as you're looking through it, all of a sudden we see his head, <laughs> and and it was it was like a proper jump scare. I actually scared I scared myself so much that I started laughing. It was brilliant. So it was this weird thing where it was so scary as a jump scare, but then I realised how funny it was. And I thought, at that moment, I thought, this game is amazing. So that's one of my favourite things. The next game is Eternal Darkness on the GameCube. This is another one I had to stop playing because I got a bit too scared. But I got quite a long way through this one. And I remember what happened. You, you played a load of different characters. But what I loved about this game, this was so unique. What would happen is, you'd, you'd play the game and the character in the game started to go a bit started hallucinating and going a bit sort of crazy but at the same time you as the player were also starting to 
see things and stuff. So it's almost like you and the character were both going a bit insane together. <laughs> it's cool. So it was doing stuff like, for instance, I can't remember, but it was stuff like, say, on, when you're playing a video game, you've got these little menus on the screen. It would start messing with the menus. So it was almost like, it's almost like it was it was coming out of the game. A bit like what Metal Gear Solid did. Metal Gear Solid had this moment where it it vibrated your controller or something. Yeah. What was it? Oh, you had to take the... Con the, the game started reading your memory cards. Little thing. I love stuff like that. Because it... For me, that stuff like that is... It shows that the people making the game have put love into it. They're really, again, thinking outside the box. The next little thing is is scary art. So what have I put here? I've put dark, not dark arts book. So I've got this book called Sketching from the Imagination, Dark Arts. And it, well, this is amazing. This This book, if you're into scary things, I definitely recommend getting this book because it is full of so much art and it's all different types of scary there's some of the stuff in here let's see if I can find one I want to know who the artist is called yeah there's an artist called Ryan Brown what you want to do is look in, I'll put a link in the description but this guy he's creating these they're horror proper scary really scary it's, it's faces basically of like zombies but the thing is, they almost look real. And I thought to myself, because I did a quick look at that book, which again, I'll put a link in the, in the description. As I was going through this book, I thought to myself, I could not imagine sitting there doing a drawing of a scary creature like that. Because it would give me nightmares. But what somebody left a comment in one of the videos, and they said, people who are doing art like that, it doesn't give them nightmares. They've already had the nightmares. In other words, they're pulling this art from their nightmares, which I thought was quite nice. But the thing is, sc scary art, it's its scary. It's also amazing. I love it. What I love about it is it really creates an emotion, probably more than any other art, really. Yeah, because it, it scares you. And fear is probably one of the highest emotions fear and love so if you're creating art full of fear you're actually triggering emotions so i thought that was quite nice i've put here fear is a very powerful energy and it, it made me start thinking i thought to myself why would we as humans why would we incarnate as a human in suffering and then i thought because the thing is i think we do choose to come here I think we choose to become humans before we become here. So we're, we're spirits coming into the physical. And I thought, well, why would you do that when basically the world is mostly suffering? And I thought to myself, why do we play scary virtual reality games? Or why do we watch scary films? And it goes into this week's inspirational quote. It's because it's, it's exciting. If we go into a scary film, we know we're going to get scared and again it goes back to what i said about it's this it's this thing where you're always on edge but that's quite scary that's quite it's scary but it's exciting so i can i can i can sort of understand why somebody would choose to become a human 
into a world of suffering with fear and stuff because it's actually it would actually be quite exciting so the thing is when we go into a virtual reality like a scary one we know it's real so the thing because we know it's real it's still scary but there's always this thing of we sort of we sort of know it's not real well what happens when we become a human is we go through something which makes us forget so we don't realize that we are we're inside like a virtual reality so that makes it even more scary because i thought to myself if if somebody said if somebody came up to you and said i've got this thing which will allow you to go into a virtual reality and it's going to be really scary when you go into it you as you go into it you'll forget you won't realize that you're in a virtual reality and and they said well it'll only last 30 minutes and it when it's all over you'll come back you would say yes to that so i feel like that's probably what's happened to us we've said yes to it so whilst we're inside of it we don't realize that it's just there's nothing to be scared of really it's a bit like a dream when you're in the dream a regular dream if it's a nightmare you're you're scared but if you can if you become lucid and you realize that it's a dream it's not as scary it's still scary but again it's it's not as scary because you you know that you're in a dream so you, you know you can come out of it so there is something there's something about that which it sort of resonates with me i suppose i'm going to talk about some scary experiences now so the, i got the one with my cousin with the freddy mask <laughs> that was mad i remember one bit what he did was because i i was sleeping on the floor in his bedroom when i was a child it was it was my two cousins and what he did was he was he had his he was in his bed and he was he had his feet and his hands on the covers going up like ooh <laughs> i still see that in my head it's amazing how things in your childhood can stay with you little things like that another one i've got is michael jackson's thriller video for some reason that one scares me i don't know why it's really weird but there's something about that video michael jackson he looks quite scary to me on that one and as a child i was really scared of it and i love michael jackson he was my favorite but yeah that one's that scared me the other thing i've got here is a video game on the ps4 called here here they lie which is a virtual reality the thing is i went into this virtual reality and it's a scary game but the thing is you're inside of the you're inside of this virtual reality but the thing is it's all around you and like i said before you know you're in a virtual reality but even though you know you're in a virtual reality it's not enough to stop you being scared that's how that's how real virtual reality is it's really scary and i i I couldn't play it for about i played it for about an hour and i had to stop playing it because what would happen is the the worst bit about virtual reality is going around a corner and so if you're going down a corridor and you think there's something scary around the, the, the the corridor the thing is going around that corridor you're actually going around the corridor you're actually inside the world so you can sort of peek around but it's horrible that's that's one of those most amazing experiences really because it was then that i I really i sort of thought to myself this virtual reality is is 
in the future it's going to be so real because when the graphics look as good as real life which they will do in about five years or something and they'll also have much better technology so you'll actually feel like you're in the world and i just can't help but feel that we're going to end up basically where we are now we're going to end up in being able to go into into a reality that's re that's real but it's, it's a virtual one it's amazing the other thing i've got here is a meditation i had back in 2013 i've talked about this before in the podcast i've called this one terror in the tub <laughs> sounds like a film but it was a 24 hour fear meditation so the meditation lasted about an hour i was actually doing a joe Dispenza meditation and what happened was i was meditating in the bathroom because it was pitch black and what happened was this creature which looked it was like a witch a hag looked a bit like zelda out of, out of the terror hawks this creature started coming out of the bath and the thing was i sat with it so even though i knew i was in a meditation i knew i could open my eyes and come out i i promised myself i would stay there and i was so scared when i come out of it i was covered in sweat and the thing was i went to work that night and for 24 hours i had panic attacks and i was actually scared i was so scared that the next day i almost couldn't go back into the meditation because i thought if that comes back i wouldn't be able to handle it but i've i've I managed to go back into it and what happened was I this creature come back again but I actually transcended the fear and I saw the fear what happened was I the fear was on my right this a creature of love was on my left of like a pure white so I had a fear creature and a love creature we were all holding hands in like a triangle and what happened was the I saw the the love creature the white, it was the white, went through my hand, across my body, through my other hand, into the into the fear creature. And what happened was, all, all of us went off into the distance. <laughs> so it was, it was a beautiful, it was, it was a terrifying experience that was beautiful. And I do feel like that is one of those moments in my life which has transformed something inside yeah because this was all before lucid dreaming and everything that that i feel like that moment was there was something powerful there because if i hadn't gone back into the meditation i feel like maybe i would have i would have ended up stuck in fear for the rest of my life or something but that was powerful and that was when i really realized how powerful meditation was and then the other one i've got here is an experience where I was stuck in a false awakening cycle. This was amazing. So, so you, when you're lucid dreaming, which is when you, you're dreaming, you wake up in your dream. So you realise you're dreaming. So you're awake, but you're also asleep. There's these things called false awakenings, which is where you wake up, you're convinced you're awake, and all of a sudden you'll realise you're actually still asleep. So then you, you wake yourself back up. But what can happen is you can actually end up getting stuck. So what happened was I was in one for about, it was about eight, eight false awakenings in a row. But the thing was, I was in a, I was in a room with these entities and they were basically stopping me from waking up. And it got, by the end of that, it got to the point where I actually thought to myself, 
am I stuck inside the dream realm? And again, it, you sort of think, well, what happens if, what would happen if you never was able to wake up? What, what would happen if you was in a dream? You knew you was dreaming, so you knew that you was actually lying in bed asleep, but no matter what you did, you couldn't wake up. That would be, that's, it, it, I must admit, that was probably one of the, well, it's, it's, it was very scary, very scary because you, you, like I said, you felt trapped, you felt trapped in the dream realm. But the thing was, when you woke up, it was, once you had sort of settled down a bit, it was amazing. So it's, it's another one of those sort of things where it's, it's scary, but amazing. The next thing I've got here is scary story. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a little scary story. <laughs> I think I'm going to have a little Dennis help help on this one. So I have got no story in my head. I'm just going to make it up as I go along. And I think I'm going to use... What am I going to use as inspiration? Let's have a look. I'll turn to a page in the book. Right, there's a crow. So this is going to be a little story about a black crow. Dun, dun, dun. So one day there was this little boy. He was lying in bed. He was, he was fast asleep, and he had this he had this crow outside the window. So what he did was he woke up, and he he looked out the window, and there's this crow. He could see this little crow in the tree. He, he's looking at this crow, and he he realised something. The crow was coming in and out of existence. So he, he got out of bed, put his pyjamas on, he went downstairs, he tried to go out the back door, but he, he couldn't get out the back door. So what he did was he, he went through the front door, and when he went through, he, he opened his front door and he went out the front door, but what happened was, when he went out the front door, it was actually the back door. <laughs> so he, he was now, he'd somehow, he had somehow gone like through some sort of weird portal thing there and then when he, he went to go back through the door that he just come out of but if he went through the door he come out of he come back out of the door he just went through so in other words he couldn't get back inside the house he was like stuck outside it was quite weird that and he thought he thought that was a bit weird but the crow was still going off so he went he walked through his little garden and he was standing at the bottom of this tree, looking up at this crow. And suddenly the crow disappeared. But he could still hear it. So he, he was listening. He could hear this crow. It was going off into the distance. So he started he started following where the crow was going. And what happened was he went out his back gate. He went down this little, little lane. And it was still quite dark, it was. And the, the moon was in the sky. It was like casting lights across the floor. And what happened was, he, the crow, he could hear the crow, but he could now hear loads of them. He could hear loads of crows. But he kept following these crows. Little Dennis is saying this, this story is rubbish. <laughs> little De- Let's see what Little Dennis... <laughs> little Dennis says it's a slug. He said there's a big slug. What happens is the little boy, he stands on this slug. This, this story is rubbish. Well, what happens is the little boy, he follows these crows and there's loads of crows in this field. And what happens is, <laughs> I don't know what to say here. 
Oh, these little crows are in this tree. But the, the bottom of the tree is a door. See, he goes up to this, he puts his hand on this, on this door, on this tree. And the door slowly opens. And what happens is it's going, there's loads of stairs going down into the ground. So the little boy looks around. And at the bottom of the stairs, you can see this crow. So he thinks, well, he goes inside. As he, The second he goes inside, the door shuts. And he's now inside the tree, which is a bit weird, he thinks. But he walks down these stairs and he can't see nothing. But somehow, even though he can't see anything, he can still see the crow. He can sort of, It's as if the, the crow is glowing. And the crow goes around this corner. So this little boy keeps going down the, down the thing, goes around the corner. And what does he see? He sees a massive crow, a life-size crow. And what happens is the crow... He's got a book in his hand and he's reading this book and the book that he's reading is all about this little boy who walks down the thing. And then what happens is the boy, he suddenly realises, he looks around, he realises he's inside the book. Yeah, the little boy is stuck in the book. So the crow shuts the book, complete darkness. The little boy, he can't get out. The little boy's stuck in the book. And that's the end of the story. So the moral of the story is, don't follow crows, because <laughs> they are, they, they lead you into the darkness. And that was a little scary story. All we've got left now is this week's inspirational quote. Well, I've got two here. So the first one, this first one is from Freddy Krueger, which I think is quite cool. This isn't the real one, but Freddy Krueger says, you can check in but you can't check out. And that reminded me of that false awakening because it was like you were in the dream, so you checked in, but you couldn't check out. And, well, I can't wait to watch A Nightmare on Elm Street just to see what... Yeah, just to see what... See what the story is. Because I do think it's about lucid dreaming. It says on the cover, if if Nancy doesn't wake up screaming, she won't she won't wake up at all. So maybe she's going to be stuck in a in a dream. But this week's proper inspirational quote it actually goes to Richard Pryor. I love Richard Pryor; he was cool. And it, the little quote is, "I know that if I wasn't scared, something's wrong, because the thrill is what is scary." I love that. It goes into this thing again. Why do we do scary things? It's because of the thrill. So there must be something inside of us that likes being scared. I'd like to think about that. Because it's weird. You would think, why would anyone want to be scared? But there is something There is something fun about being scared. It's like why people go on roller coasters and stuff. Yeah, there is a thrill in being scared. As long as you know it's not real, as long as you know you're going to wake up, or as long as you know you're going to, it's going to, it's going to end, and you're going to go back to normal, then it's okay. But what happens if you're in something scary and you can't wake up? See, that's the thing. I think what you need to do is you need to get yourself to a place where. You could be in a, you could be stuck in a scary thing, and not actually be scared. 
Yeah, because it, well, it goes into that thing. If if this is, if we are inside of a dream, if this is some sort of virtual reality, then no matter what happens, yeah, if you can just remember that it's not real, there's no, there would never be any reason to be scared. It's quite, it's quite powerful. So this week's little inspirational quote, I know that if I wasn't scared, something's wrong, because the thrill is what is scary. Richard Pryor. Zombie. Oh, little Dennis is 